Hi, dear friend. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Faith FM. This is the Draft Time program. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. Dear friend, you are listening You are listening to Fabiano. Wherever you might be, if you are home, uh, if you're listening from interstates, we are here in South Australia. And we're delighted to be able to spend the next hour with you wherever you might be. And thank you for tuning in once again. We have been covering the following theme throughout this week. God, the Bible, and a very human church. Today's topic, however, is a question. Can a church misuse its gifts? And so, friends, here in the studio, I have a friend of mine, a colleague, and uh, a, uh, a regular on this uh, radio program, Pastor Hugh Hinnan. Pastor Hugh, welcome. Oh, thank you very much, Fabiano. It's great to be with my 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 other good friend, <laughs> or, God. or my good friend, I should say, <laughs> uh, and that is with Fabiano. It's uh, always good to be together here on the radio on Faith FM with our uh, with our fellow friends, mm. journeymen and yes. journeywomen uh, of faith. That's right, mm. and we are so thankful that you have tuned in wherever you might be. Uh, your uh, Comments will be much appreciated. If you would like to interact, the number to uh, use uh, will be zero four triple eight eight zero eight eleven. We will be happy to uh, pray for your prayer requests, and um, if you've got a question, um, we, we we can attempt to answer that from the Bible uh, uh, if uh, time permits, and. Um, also, we would like to direct you to our website, uh, faithfm.com.au, where you'll be able to uh, listen to the previous presentations as well as other programs that are uh, being aired or recorded uh, all across Australia. And yeah, so we are thankful that you have tuned in. So now we are, yeah, first, uh, first, of, uh, first, uh, first day of September. Yes, spring has sprung. That's right. And yeah. by the way, like, uh-huh. I wonder if my my uh, microphone has sprung a leak. Uh, <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, uh, I don't know. It doesn't sound. Uh, it's coming through for you. Yeah, it is. Kind of, okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, hold on. Let's try that. How about that? How's that? Okay. Oh, I think that's getting a little bit better. All yeah. right. Anyway, our listeners will be able to tell us. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. And so, dear friends, uh, it it just feels like uh, the year has just. Went so fast. Mm. Now, someone recently said, uh, is it just because maybe we are a little bit older and we happen to have, to have a lot of things to do, uh, that it appears like time is just moving, uh, pretty fast? Or is it truly, actually, is it really that fast? Like, is it actually, like, scientifically, and is it? I'm not sure, but <laughs> for me, it just seems like, yeah, time is, I mean, it seems like it was yesterday when we were like in the beginnings of the year. Mm. And now I'm looking at, yeah, the calendar. I'm like, wow, soon we'll be in December. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, certainly perception changes over time, doesn't it? Mm. And uh, you're getting very philosophical there uh, on the program today, <laughs> Fabiano. But yes, it seems like uh, time is getting quicker. But of course, it does tick along at the same pace all the way through. That's right. Uh, but uh, it is yeah. just uh, certainly seems to be uh, getting quicker and quicker for those of us uh, mm. who have mm. so much on our minds. Yeah. Uh, but for those of you who are listening in and wondering uh, uh, what to do in so many different directions in life, uh, we, we're hopeful that together we can tune into 
the one who provides us with the deepest, most certain direction of all and makes Amen. everything weave together and begin to make sense. So, yes. uh, yeah, that's our hope and prayer for today's uh, broadcast. That's right. And uh, to begin with, some, I'd just like to share something that I found to be rather uh, interesting. Uh, I do not claim to have much knowledge in what I'm about to share uh, as an opening line, but uh, I just find uh, some of the points that I brought out uh, in this article to be quite interesting. In fact, something that I highly recommend that you take time to read. This is an article published on Signs of the Times. Uh, this is a, a magazine that is worth uh, subscribing to, um, mm. one that provides uh, insights into current world events, faith, well-being, science and tech, um, culture, uh, podcasts, fun stuff, and, and uh, other wonderful things. And here's an article that was published on May 17th, uh, 2021, uh, and uh, the title goes like this, What the Bible Says About Flat Earth Theories, and that caught my attention. <laughs> Flat Earth, <laughs> right? Last time we checked, the Earth was round. And uh, but listen to what the author has to say. Against the background of declining confidence in the elites uh, by the political, religious, or scientific, the Flat Earth his- uh, theory has lately been revived and promoted by a wave of fake news and misinformation. That circulate, uh, yeah, circulates on social media. Unfortunately, it has been noted that many Christians have become swept up in this trend, using sneaky theology to argue their points. For Christians who claim that the earth is flat, a single Bible verse is considered superior to any number of scientific arguments. And so, um, yeah, I gathered from this article that this is quite a, um, a theory that is uh, um, that is becoming popular among some people, uh, but what I also found to be fascinating is that um, apparently uh, those who are of that school of thought tend to build their argument um, on one or two verses, uh, just just a, a handful verses, uh, a handful, no, a few. Let me say it that way, a few verses of scripture. And I found that to be quite interesting because the last time uh, we, uh, 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 we we wrestled with difficult questions in the Christian uh, age or Christian history, and uh, people just you know came up with one verse or just two or three and just tried to create a theology out of that, it it, it proved to be a disaster. And if you read uh, the Christian history, you hear a lot about um, uh, Herod what is called as heresies and um, and other conflicts that arose out of these kinds of things. And so, yeah, flat earth, does the Bible support that? Um, does the Bible teach that cosmology? Is that, can that be truly be supported by scripture? Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know what your thoughts are, uh, Pastor Hugh, but I've never looked deep into this subject. I don't know about you. Mm. Yes, it's uh, it's an interesting topic, and it is something which has gained some currency. I did actually see uh, uh, someone preaching on this topic, uh, okay. not in my church, uh, <laughs> not in I'm sure not in yours, um, but uh, certainly someone who uh, had set up a pulpit in his lounge room and began to extol a great length about this topic and uh, wove together 
the entirety of his worldview right. uh, and uh, all the theological underpinnings that go with it on the basis of this one thing. Uh-huh. Always, a, always a danger in that <clears throat> when we we take uh, one idea yes. uh, or, or one uh, personal preference and we make it the lens through which we see everything else. Sure, um, I think the safest course of action uh, really is to say, well, uh, you know, who is the one who has brought all truth into being, mm. uh, and uh, and that's our starting place as right. as Christians is to to look to God's word, yes, yeah. but ultimately to look to the one that God's word points to. Right. These are those scriptures that speak of me, said Jesus. And so yes. when we look to Jesus, when we look to God, uh, then from there mm. we can then begin to say, okay, well, what's what are the most cardinal and important and vital teachings of Christ to Him, and thus. The yeah, should be also to us yeah. uh, that are most life changing as a result as well, and then from there we uh, we can uh, build upon that foundation. Yeah. Uh, there was no other foundation except that of Christ and the apostles uh, and prophets, Amen. says the Word of God. So yes. I think that's really our starting point. When we start somewhere else, we start to major in minors rather than uh, <laughs> rather than to major in majors. And that's I right. think it's uh, we need to put first things first, first principles. And the first principle of all is the first mover, and, and that's God himself. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, yes. I guess that's where I would start. Um, I was a little dismayed to see that presentation. Right. Uh, and I thought, you know, I, I hope that uh, that this is not becoming something that is uh, altogether true of too many Christians today. Um, I hope that we would, in in all things, that we would seek to start with our starting point, and that's with Jesus Christ that's right. as the Creator and Maker. And it's interesting when you do go back to our Creator, when you go back to the beginnings. I mean, there in Genesis, uh, we we have the Lord pointing out yes. that um, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, mm. or, you know, in the beginning, God. So yes. in, that is the beginning point, God. Yes. Uh, and he created the heavens and the earth and then tells us what happened on each day. Mm. And uh, really, it's only once we get to uh, the uh, fourth day where he talks about and he made the sun and the moon stars. Uh, and also the yeah. stars also, you know. Um, That's right. So... Uh, when we get to that point, he talks about then the seasons and light in that context, not just light that was on the first day that emanated from himself, no doubt, right. but um, with whom all things began. So, so the fourth day was all about the seasons, and it was in the context of the luminaries in the sky, the lights of the sky, the sun and the moon. Mm. And so God put them there for the purpose of the the seasons. And, of course, now we know scientifically, yes. if we work our way back to those texts that we've just started with, uh, it uh, it makes sense from that point of view as well because uh, we can see how that the rotation of spherical objects within space uh, and uh, gravity and mass in relationship to each other, the sun in relationship to the various planets as they revolve around each other, um, that uh, this is where really we get days and we get months and we get years and so on. Yes. Uh, and then the culmination point of creation week itself is also that culmination point in terms of time, yeah. which is the Sabbath. Um, the Sabbath uh, is a reminder of God wanting to meet us in time. So I hope I haven't woven too many things together at one time in, <laughs> in what in people's listening here um, uh, on our broadcast today. But the main point I want to make is this: uh, that when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, the issue of a flat Earth. <clears throat> People often talk about, well, that was the big issue back in the days of Galileo and Copernicus. No, the big issue back then was whether the uh, universe was geocentric and uh-huh. revolved around us and, yes. and the Earth. Yes. Very, um, uh, a very proud and arrogant view, by the way. <laughs> um, 
or whether it evolved at least in this uh, uh, in, in, in this um, um, solar system, whether it evolved around the sun, heliocentric. Yeah, yeah. And of course, now we know that that is the case uh, right. scientifically. Right. But this was something that wasn't lost on Christians. Mm. Uh, earliest, the earliest Christians knew this. Yeah. One of the most famous monks of all time, Bede, who came up with the BCAD idea things, uh-huh. um, he, he had this idea. Um, an understanding that the earth was round. And he said, everyone knows the earth is round. He said that in the 8th century, Fabian. Wow, you that's, know, that's a long time that's ago. A long when, you time ago. The, when you look at the, um, uh, what do you call that, uh, the scepters that uh-huh. the kings and emperors would uh, hold right. uh, as a sign of their authority and power in yeah. Europe, uh, for a thousand years, during throughout the Middle Ages uh, and, and the Dark Ages before that, for a thousand years of Christianity, uh, it, on top of many of those uh, um, scepters was a sphere representing the earth. Wow. So it was very common knowledge, actually, that the earth was round. The, the whole controversy back then was about yes. you know, whether it was geocentric or heliocentric. Yes. <clears throat> well, now we know where, where the ball has landed, so to speak. So, so um, the whole flat earth theory is, yes. is an interesting one, yes. um, but regardless of where a person lands, and I think you can tell where Fabio and I are, uh, are steering here <laughs> right. for ourselves, you know, but look into it for yourself and, and make your own decision, but don't be distracted by it. Mm. It's not a central point of reference. The central yeah, point right, of reference right. is Jesus Christ. That's right. Uh, and that's where our worldview emanates from, is from yes. God and the Creator Himself. Yes. Um, you know, if you look in the Scriptures, uh, you'll come across a number of verses that that point out way back thousands of years yes. ago, in fact, uh, uh, even 800 plus years before Jesus Christ, that pointed out that uh, the earth is round like a sphere. Mm. Um, and, and of course, I'm thinking of the writings of Isaiah when I speak of that. Right. I think also of what Solomon was saying in, in the Proverbs when he spoke of, uh, of, of the same thing. So, mm. it's you know, whether it's Isaiah 40.22 or Proverbs 8.27 and, yes. and so on. So, um, this whole idea of the earth being flat, uh-huh. is it supported by Scripture? Some people will take certain verses uh, in the Bible uh-huh. that are clearly symbolic, right? and we could look at some of those, but I would just refer you back to what Fabiona started off with, and that's our, the, the our article. article that, that mm. you've raised. Yes. Um, a great article, and I think it really delves deep into the whole topic and um, and should be a, a at least a reference point mm, uh, in right. your journey through Scripture and understanding uh, about this issue. But remember... We don't revolve around the issue of, uh, uh, of flat earth to determine uh, where we stand with God. We revolve right. around Christ. Amen, amen. Yes. Oh, man, I just yeah. love the way you, you, you've summarized and put together everything. And I, I, I'm amazed because uh, you, you have uh, truly helped us uh, um, um, gain the right focus. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and I believe that, uh, that, that is actually central to what we will be saying today. This idea of uh, how we interpret scripture, how we understand, mm. uh, certain verses. Uh, uh, you know, uh, making sure that we consider the context and, and, and also consider, uh, who does a scripture point to and, um, and, um, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, uh, what is the most important thing that, you know, uh, that is, that, that we should be concerned with when we come to studying scripture. And so mm. we'll get to that because today's topic, as you have heard, dear friend, is the question, can a church misuse its gifts? And today we'll look at one of those gifts and, uh, um, and see, and see how we go. And, and, and this also is related 
to uh, when we'll delve uh, deeper into the subject, you see how this is related to the issue as well of, uh, uh, say, the proponents of those who support the idea that the earth is flat in that the way in which they approach scripture and the way they interpret scripture, well, you'll be able to see some connections there. But before we delve deeper into that, let's pray because everything I say will be pointless and meaningless unless if the Holy Spirit leads me and guides you into understanding what His Word has to say. And so let us open with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we are mindful that we we, we are on holy ground. Mm -hmm. And uh, by that we mean that we are studying Your Word and Your Word is inspired by the Holy Spirit and these are spiritual things and yet we are not... um, we are not uh, God. We 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 are your creation, and we are not uh, uh, holy as you are. And therefore, we need your help. We need the Holy Spirit to uh, give us the right words, uh, clarity of mind, and uh, we also pray that those who are listening, those who are following, that they will also be uh, illuminated by the Holy Spirit, so as to understand your word. And so, therefore, we pray for your guidance. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, dear friend, let me just uh, once again inform you that we will have a free giveaway. And so, do stay with us uh, if you want to know what that is. Uh, I'll share that uh, uh, somewhere uh, within the program. And uh, the number that you need if you want to uh, send a prayer request or raise a question uh, or even, uh, to you know, when it comes to claiming that free offer, it's the number 04888. 80811. That is the number that you need. So let's come to a short break, have some music, and then we'll kickstart our program, uh, get into the study of today. Uh, let's start with the song, uh, Hand of the Lord by, uh, Tommy Larson, a song that I believe you are going to enjoy. And we'll be right back. Touch from the hand of 
beautiful song it is truly the holy spirit who leads us and guides us convicts us of sin and he's the one who uh regenerates our hearts and he's the one who leads us in many ways and so friends what a beautiful song truly just like the wind when it blows you never know where it's coming from but you can tell the effects thereof because you see the trees moving Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Draft Time, big Q&A with Fabiano and Pastor Hugh in the studio. And uh, Pastor Hugh is uh, once again a, um, uh, a pastor here in this uh, conference, conference being a, uh, a, 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 a an administration of a uh, sisterhood of churches. And so when we say that he's ministering in this conference, uh, we, we don't mean that he's uh, here preaching to a large crowd in, in a conference as such, but uh, rather uh, in this uh, uh, uh System uh, and 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 uh, organization of churches here in South Australia within the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and uh, we are happy to have him uh, once again uh, on this radio program. Now, this week the theme has been God, the Bible, and a very human church, and so we are tapping tapping into um, the element of the uh, human frailty, if that is the word. Uh, that we see evident in our churches, uh, or, or even, I should say, in Christendom. Uh, and so today, therefore, we are posing the following question. Can a church misuse its gifts? Because of this virality, once again, that we have as human beings, our weaknesses, and, and so forth, can, can that uh, somehow be seen in the church? Now, friends, the Bible does speak about gifts, and there is also the gift giver uh, uh, that the Bible speaks about. And so in order to, I guess, have a better understanding of um, uh, or get a better uh, background to the gift and the gift giver, I'm going to just ask Pastor Hugh to, <laughs> to help us here and uh, uh, if, help us understand, uh, give us a little bit of a background 
uh, to to this uh, to this topic. Mm. Thank you, Fabiana, and, and of course it's a joy to, to work together as fellow ministers of the gospel here in South Australia. Uh, you know, friends, as uh, as we think about this topic, and this all this week we've really been talking about uh, you know a very human church in a very human world, a very broken world. Uh, Jesus didn't come to make the church perfect uh, in and sinless, so to speak. He came to make us whole. He came to bring healing. He came to help us to overcome uh, by His grace and. Uh, uh, in the process to be readied for the life to come, and uh, and in, whilst we're in this life, while we have, uh, um, you know, while we face the issues and challenges that uh, surround us here and now, we're going to uh, butt up against or back up against the uh, the frailty uh, and feebleness sometimes of of human nature, uh, and we've seen that throughout this week. So, as Fabiano, as you were pointing out there, uh, really we've been looking at First Corinthians. One of the, uh, really a case study, I guess you'd say, of the various churches in the New Testament uh, that uh, uh, g- you know, the Apostle Paul has focused on quite extensively. In fact, it's one of the largest books of the New Testament. Uh, and it was a church that had a lot of problems, had a lot of issues. Uh, you know, when you have human beings coming together, uh, <laughs> you're going to have problems. That's right. Uh, and e- even, yes, even in the church. Uh, but, of course, when we are authentic about our problems... And our issues, then we can authentically receive uh, uh, the genuine healing that comes from God, um, and uh, so that's the good news that, that attends to to this issue of <laughs> uh, very real human issues that we face everywhere around us, including within the church, um, and so. Uh, we've looked at some of those issues in terms of well, how do we deal with immorality? How do we deal with uh, people wanting to flock together to people who are just like them and yeah. you know want to uh, not not interested in being with others who are a little bit different to them? Uh, and uh, you know the issue of conflict. You know when when conflict arises, we've looked at these various different issues yes. on previous days this week, uh, and we've seen how that God's grace can bring healing in each of those situations and can help right. us to overcome mm. our. Uh, predisposition towards actively working against God's Spirit mm. instead of allowing His Spirit to work in our lives and really to be a blessing to each other in the process as well. And, uh, here we see the same thing. We see right. here in uh, what we're talking about today with regards to can a church misuse its gifts. Right. Uh, as you've really pointed out, Fabiano, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, these gifts of God that God gives to us as Christians, yes. very spiritual, special and spiritual gifts which are designed to bring uh, God's good news to the whole world with great power and uh, with great effectiveness uh, and to lead many to hope in Jesus Christ. These these mm. powerful gifts of God, um, uh, they come from somewhere. They're not given in a vacuum. Uh, they come from the gift giver. Yes. And so to understand the purpose of the gifts, we need to first of all understand the purpose of the gift giver himself. Right. Uh, and so to understand that, if we sort of go backwards in time a little bit before First Corinthians and we look at what Jesus had to say uh, back in the Gospel of John, well, we find here that when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit, he talked about someone who is uh, the paraclete or the parakletos, it says in the Greek, you know, someone who's our advocate, it would, we see in many English translations, or someone who's our comforter or someone who's our counselor. Uh, you could also look at him as someone who who is a uh, a guide and a teacher, um, a companion in Wonderful. the journey of life? You yeah. know, so so this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is who He is. He wants to come alongside of us and also fill us and 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 uh, live within us and begin to live through us and bring change into the world, starting within us and then overflowing and bubbling out and over into the lives of others. And so, Wonderful. so really, God's kingdom. 
uh, and and the the nature of his kingdom flowing in and through uh, our lives and and Jesus says uh, that he will send the advocate he will send the Holy Spirit to us uh, because he will not be able to be physically with us uh, any longer until he returns again uh, at the second coming uh, at the end of the age so he sends us the Holy Spirit and what's the purpose of sending us the Holy Spirit well right. Jesus tells us in uh, in John uh, uh, in, in John uh, 16 uh, he says here that uh, I've got so much more that uh, I want to share with you um, but I've told you all of this, um, knowing that when I go away, the advocate shall come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Verse 8, when he comes, he's going to do these things. He's going to prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Mm. Um, about sin, because people don't believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can't see me any longer, so you can't <sighs> see the epitome, the, the very um, uh, incarnation of, of righteousness, you know, yes. the very perfect picture of righteousness. And about judgment, because the prince of this world, the devil, now stands condemned. And uh, oh. so you don't want to be on that side mm. of things any longer. You want to be mm. on the winning side with Christ. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to, is to convict us of the truth about right. sin, about righteousness, about the bad news that leads to the good news, and ultimately uh, avoiding falling into uh, the judgment against sin, Wonderful. and rather the judgment for righteousness, for those who have chosen Christ. Uh, so that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, and when he comes, Jesus says, he is the spirit of truth, and he will guide you, verse 13, of chapter 16 he will guide you into all the truth he won't speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he'll tell you what is yet to come yes he will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you all that belongs to the father is mine that's why i say that the spirit will receive from me what he will then make known to you and so all the way through here jesus speaks first of all of the holy spirit as a person he speaks of he or him that's right um, he speaks of him as being someone just like himself who reveals jesus to the world yes uh who points people back to christ um who uh, assists people to come into a living relationship with the lord jesus christ yes uh and uh, to uh be convicted about sin to leave off from there and move towards righteousness yes. uh, and uh, uh, to be in a living uh, relationship with Jesus. So, so that's the purpose of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> and he will guide us into all truth. Wonderful. Now, this is important because when we come to 1 Corinthians, when we look at uh, what, uh, <clears throat> what uh, the Apostle Paul wants to share with us uh, about uh, the issue of gifts, from the Holy Spirit. It becomes really clear that mm. the church at that time was actually misusing yes. the gifts that they had received. Right. Or at the very least, they had a misapprehension about what those gifts should be and what they ought to look like and how they uh, should uh, are best applied. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and so the Apostle Paul, when he starts talking about this, once in this section of 1 Corinthians where we are coming into now, that's chapter 12, he points out that about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to be well-informed and intelligent about this matter. So, wow. In other words, it's an important matter. Yes. He says that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Um, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And wow. so in other words, again, the Apostle Paul starts out, when he talks, begins to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, yes. he's starts talking about the Holy Spirit and the purpose of the Holy Spirit pointing us back to Jesus. 
That's right. And so that's the whole purpose of it. So we see here that this is also the starting point for Paul. Mm-hmm. It's consistent with what we saw there with regards to what Jesus was saying in the, the gospel record of John. Right. Uh, and then he has this to say. Uh-huh. When it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, their purpose is to is to point people to Jesus, just like the gift giver. Yes. But he also says there's different kinds of gifts. So now into verse 4 and onwards of okay. chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Uh-huh. He says, but the same Spirit distributes them. So it's not like as if the Holy Spirit says, well, uh, there's one of me, <laughs> and I'm going to give that one gift to each and every single Christian. Uh, he's not a cookie cutter uh, gift giver. Right. He gives the right gift to the right person at the right time mm. for the same purpose. Because mm. notice this, he says there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Wow. Um, so, uh, and, and, and the manifestation of all of this, of the Spirit, is given for the common good. So, the, the singular purpose is the common good that leads us back to Jesus. It points out who Jesus is um, and that uh, uh, acknowledges that he is Lord and uh, that he is our Savior and that uh, he uh, is our, our God. So, mm. so this, is, this is really important to note. Um, and then he begins in verses 8 through 11, he begins to talk about, well, you know, uh, to one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, and then uh, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues or languages, and to still another the interpretation of those tongues or languages. All these, all of these, are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. That's really interesting. Yeah. Hey, I see you want to you, you share something. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, I, yeah. I just um, uh, want to kind of uh, uh, summarize what we have just mm. heard thus mm. far. Uh, because this is wonderful stuff that we're learning. Uh, so first and foremost, we hear that there's one Spirit. Yes. Capital S. So meaning the one. And uh, the Bible uh, gives him uh, personal pronouns. Mm. He does this. He, you know, which is great to know. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and also I think for me, the most, uh, um, interesting and, uh, the thing that I like about what we have just learned thus far is that he, comes alongside us as a helper, as an advocate, as, mm. you know, so we are not, we are not left alone in this journey. That's yes. very comforting, you it know. Is. And then secondly, we have just learned that, uh, okay, so not only does he come alongside us and, 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 and advocates for us and, and, and helps us, but he actually have gifts. Uh, these special spiritual abilities that he gives to us, mm. uh, and so that way we can fulfill, uh, you know, that which will bring honor and glory to God, that which will build up the church, and mm. and so these are wonderful things we are learning. It's quite amazing. It is, yeah. and, and and these gifts are. Uh, um they take many different forms. Right. Uh, if you look in places like Ephesians 4 or Romans 12, you come across some that, that seem fairly commonplace. Right. Uh, but when they are given by the Spirit, uh-huh. not just by human talents or inclination or disposition or, or ability, right. but, but, but rather by the Spirit, <clears throat> when He plants that gift within you, then it has this uh-huh. divine, uh, singular purpose of leading people to Jesus. Wow. 
that's uh, and, and that, that's with uh, starting with ourselves, coming yes. to Christ, and asking uh, the Holy Spirit to come into our, you know, asking the Lord Jesus really to send the Holy Spirit into our life, so we have right. a clearer picture of Jesus, mm. we have a closer walk and relationship with Jesus, yes. that we we have this intimacy with with the Lord Jesus, uh, and then of course the Holy Spirit is there for the ride because he's his purpose is to point us to Christ, yes. uh, but. What we also see here is not only uh, in the seemingly common, ordinary, everyday kind of giftings that people may have, uh-huh. that uh, this 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 singular purpose is lived out, but also in some really uncommon ones as well. And we just right. saw some of these in First Corinthians twelve. Okay. These are quite miraculous, miraculous powers, prophecy, healing, um, distinguishing between or discerning between spirits, speaking mm. in different kinds of tongues or languages, and interpreting those same tongues and languages. Pr- uh, prophecy, I think I might have mentioned there as well. Um, so all of these. Uh, given by the one and the same Spirit, He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So there's some really important pointers to uh, bring to mind here. And I think one of those is that uh, sometimes as Christians we think, wow, God gave me this gift. I have the gift um, of of encouragement, Uh of helping other people. Uh, And uh, everyone should have this gift. I mean... It's changed my life. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has come in and he's, he's changed everything about uh, how I interact with people because of this gift mm. and his presence in my life, mm. you know, fanning into flame this gift. Wow. Uh, everyone should have this gift. And we begin to project onto others that, hey, you should have this gift too. Mm. You know, if only you had the gift that I have, mm. then things would be so much better in the world. Wow. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible right. says to us, well, actually, you, you know what, Hugh, you have a certain gift, yeah, but, you know, Fabiano, you have a different kind of gift. Huh. And, and and that's necessary. We right, need that right. in yes, the body of yes. Christ so that uh, uh, by the workings of these various different gifts, we're able to more effectively, variously, and in, in multiple ways, reach out to a world that needs to know Jesus and lead that world to Jesus. Some people will be really touched by um, uh, the gift of faith when they're feeling hopeless and uh, and, and have lost trust in people. Um, other people will be really impacted by the by a gift on display in a person's life by the Holy Spirit, the gift yeah. of, uh, let's say, of prophecy, uh, mm. speaking prophetically into a person's life when they're unsure of their direction and where to turn next. So. And, and so the, all of these different gifts, they lead people to Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Wow, that, that's that's amazing. Mm. And, and and it's also a beautiful thing because mm. at the end of the day, Jesus is all, it's all the world to me. Amen. <laughs> there is that's even right. a, a hymn that, you know, that, that, uh, that uses those same words. Jesus is all the world to me. Mm. And what a beautiful thing to know that there is a comforter, a helper, a guide, one who even gives us these special gifts so we can all lead to this one goal. And that is, uh, growing in Christ, knowing mm. Christ and, um, just, you know, being, at one with Christ, you know, everything really comes back to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and mm. that's quite amazing. So, but then I'm curious, Pastor Hugh, uh, because you spoke about tongues, you spoke about prophecy, you spoke about uh, being able to perform miracles. Mm. There are some people then who feel convicted that, uh, well, the, the Holy Spirit then must be some kind of energy or, you know, that really once he plugs into you, and like you were saying, because uh, I've had people say, brother, you must have this. Uh, so once this energy, as, as it were, as, according to some people, the way they think of it, mm-hmm. that, that then produce all these, um, th- uh, things that are heavenly that sometimes we may not be able to understand when it comes in form of tongues, uh, or, um, you know, so th- it's as if they, 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 um, they're saying that the Holy Spirit and His gifts 
when they are present in your life, you know, you, you become almost like an extra extraordinary person. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts along those lines? Well, I think the, the extraordinary person in this equation is always Jesus. Right. Right. And and so often uh, people come alive when when we invite Jesus into our conversations, into our, our relationships, uh-huh. uh, and especially when we open up the Word of God with that person, Wonderful. or we share words of hope from the Lord Jesus Christ that you know we do find in the Word of God yeah. with other people. Um, we see them come alive. We see their their eyes and their face lit up light up with joy because wow you know there's, there's someone who loves me to the extent that the, the god of the universe does to the lord jesus christ who died yeah. upon the cross that i might live wow, wow. <laughs> yeah that he would do this for me right. he even knows my name i mean mm. maybe my neighbor doesn't even know my name but the lord <laughs> of god of the universe does that's right and and, uh, and to think that he wants to come and dwell in me through mm. god the holy spirit who is just like jesus yes. and whose purpose is to point us to jesus yes. now um uh the extraordinary person is not us. Mm. It's Jesus. It is Jesus. And the extraordinary workings of the Spirit is through the Spirit. Right. And and then is lived out and put on display through us. Yes. Um, and sometimes, oftentimes, in actual fact, the, the, the Apostle Paul says elsewhere that, uh, that it's made even more clear and uh, unambiguous on display by the fact of our weaknesses. Uh, displaying his strength and his character even more. Yes. Um, and, and so people say, well, how could Fabiano do what he's doing? I, I knew him 10 years ago. You know, how could Hugh be doing what he's doing? I, I knew him five minutes ago. You know, <laughs> how is this? And, and so it's by the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and notice throughout the rest of chapter 12, just in summary, it's pointing out there that, uh, that the fact of the matter is that uh, if every single one of us was an ear in the body, yeah. Then wow, what an amazing ear! But the body wouldn't—there'd be no body. That's right. Uh, if the whole body was a tongue, the same same problem. Yeah, just one big tongue, doing a lot of talking, right. but not a lot of not a lot else. <laughs> um, and, and so um, it's important that each one of us has different gifts, different members of the body, living at different uh, different ways of reaching people for G- for Jesus Christ uh, and into His wonderful matchless love for that person or persons. Uh, and, but by one of the for that one and the same purpose by differing yes. spirit uh, dif- sorry by the one spirit for dif- by differing gifts and, and so um, <clears throat> I want you to notice something though uh-huh. so some people this is how they were misusing the gifts back then some people right. were saying well my gift's more important than your gift or you should have my gift uh-huh. so there's this whole projection thing going on but there's also this whole thing of well um, there's a hierarchy of gifts right right uh-huh. um, and and some people. Um, have have uh, um, have experienced where, and this was very true in the in the context of this church in in Corinth. It was a very multicultural, very cosmopolitan church. People from right. all different parts of the world. It was one of the major cities of Greece, which was a, a kind of a cultural epicenter within the Roman Empire at, yeah. at that time, outside of Rome itself, outside of the Italian peninsula, uh-huh. um, and and so you had. All these people, different walks of life and so on, different languages and so on, mixing together. Right. And likewise in the church. You'd expect to see that in, in, in view in the church as well, if it was representative of the city around it. Yes. A- and so, uh, so all these different people who, are, who uh, talked in different ways, who communicated in different ways, um, 
And naturally, they want to express themselves using mm. all those many different languages as well. Yes. This presented a problem because some of them were saying, well, you know, and it's quite possible, in fact, that just like at Jerusalem uh, on the day of Pentecost, God used um, those who are in the upper room uh, by, by tongues of fire upon their head, the Holy Spirit, you know, representing the Holy Spirit coming upon them, that they went out into the city and they talked many different languages that they themselves didn't know. By the, by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And people were brought to the Lord Jesus Christ by that because there were many different people in that city from different walks, sorry, different parts of the world who spoke different languages. Uh, likewise in Corinth, you've got people here who, um, uh, uh, now they're in a situation where they're using, uh, tongues or they're using languages in a way that, uh, wasn't so helpful. Um, no doubt the same thing was probably true with some of the other gifts as well. Uh, and, uh, but certainly the Apostle Paul makes a big point about, about tongues. And, and what's fascinating here is that uh, it seemed like there were those who were really wanting to emphasize the gift of tongues um, in Corinth. Uh, and we particularly see this in chapter 14, which we'll come to very soon. But notice at the end of chapter 12 that, uh, that he says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, guidance, and other kinds of tongues, uh, different kinds of tongues, sorry, are apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues. And then he inserts the extra there, do all interpret. <laughs> now, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Um, and I find that interesting because if we're working off the basis of a hierarchy, it's almost like Paul on purpose mm. uh, said, I'm going to place tongues at the end uh, in the first listing of that, that I just read out, and then I'm going to place at the end again, when I repeat it, plus I'm going to add in there for good measure, even so, let's have those tongues interpreted. Let's have those languages quite interpreted. You know? yeah. um, and then when we read the lists in Ephesians 4 and Romans 12, we don't see there any mention of tongues at all, huh. which is really interesting. So, clearly in Corinth, there was an issue around tongues. Mm. There was an issue around the use of this particular gift. Before, yes, sorry, we, we, before we explore that into details now, maybe, mm. maybe we can take a, take a break. And, um, I feel like we are now entering into a field where, uh, truly we get to the heart of the question. Can a church misuse its gifts? And mm. I, I love where we're heading and how you're helping us to see the way in which, uh, uh, scripture, uh, well, let, let me say the words of Paul himself, the way in which he has uh, dealt with this issue of, um, uh, uh, of uh, misusing uh, certain gifts and uh, helping us, I guess, get a, get a clearer uh, picture of the purpose of tongues and, um, mm. and, uh, yeah, just putting things in, in, in the right perspective. That is quite amazing. Now, friends, we are happy to, um, Interact with you at the same number, 04-888-80811. Send us a question. What have you heard or learned? What are your convictions when it comes to the gifts, uh, um, the gift of the Holy Spirit or uh, the gift of tongues? What have you heard? Uh, what light can you share? Uh, and so, friends, we would like to hear from you. And, um, well, if there's nothing you can share, at least share with us where you're listening from. That gives us uh, a little bit of an, of an encouragement to know that there's someone listening at the end of the line so that'll be very much appreciated so friends yeah do stick around we're just gonna take a short break so we can actually uh you know um make sure that what we've uh, heard learned and uh, you know make sure that it really sinks in 
and we'll be right back shortly. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist Lord I Radio. speak with tongues of men and angels Though I have the prophet's gift Though I hold the keys to hidden knowledge Though my faith can mount and shift Without love I am no better Without love it's all for naught Lord you spent your life in loving others What this means I would be taught Love is patient, knows no when others sin Love is never glad to see injustice Always wants the truth to win There's no end to love's endurance There's no test you cannot face Lord, you spent your I shall fail without your grace Though there'll be an end to hidden knowledge Visions, raptures, prophecy Faith and hope and love shall last forever While the greatest of the three Without love I am no better Without love it's all for naught You gave your life in saving others What this means I would be taught Lord you spent your life in loving others What this means I would be What a beautiful song. We want to once again introduce you back uh, to our presenter and uh, co-host for, t- uh, for today, Pastor Hugh Hinnan. And uh, Pastor Hugh, we are thankful and grateful at the uh, ways in which you're helping us understand uh, this uh, very important subject, the subject of tongues and um, the subject of gifts, the subject of uh, the Holy Spirit, really, you have covered mm. all of that, really, mm. in in, um, uh, in your discourse there. And so we want to uh, pick up on that. But before we do that, I'd just like to remind those who are listening that we do have a free giveaway. And the number that you uh, need, uh, if you are to claim this free giveaway, is the number 04-888-808-11. So, friends... We want to give this uh, uh, book to you. It is a wonderful book. Um, uh, it goes by the following title, Life Without Limits. And this is written by an author, Clifford Goldstein. Apparently, from what I hear, uh, from those who have read most of his uh, books, quite a prolific writer. And uh, so you would want to have this book, Life Without Limits. 
And so, my friends, I'm not going to say much about that because I want to uh, reserve the few minutes that we have so uh, to Pastor Hughes so he can actually unpack uh, the, uh, the the subject a bit more. So let's pick up from where you were at, uh, Pastor Hugh. Uh, but, oh, I almost forgot. Those uh, who are listening and would like to claim this free giveaway, you do need to send in the code word SA70. That is S. A and the number seven zero S A seventy. If you can send that to the number zero four triple eight eight oh eight eleven, we'll make sure that uh, we get that to you. So let's pick up from where we were at. You had just talked about how Paul listed the gifts in different orders and how he was uh, um, helping us understand uh, and putting everything in, in the right perspective. Yes. Can you? Yeah, continue. It's important to note uh, that uh, it's clearly for the, the Church of Corinth, the Corinthian believers had an issue around tongues. Paul's trying to help them with regards to that. So there is a gift of tongues. Clearly there is. The Apostle Paul references that there's a gift of tongues. It's an issue for the believers there. And what's he trying to, to share with us? Well, these rhetorical questions where he lists the various different gifts, it's interesting to point out that he, he asks, are all apostles, verse 29 of chapter 12, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Uh, do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And these, the answer clearly to all these rhetorical questions is, well, no, not everyone is an apostle. Not everyone is a prophet. And likewise, not everyone, therefore, works miracles or speaks in tongues or interprets those tongues. Uh, and so it's clear here that the Apostle Paul is pointing out that not everyone has the exact same gift or that uh, there is not one singular gift that indicates that a person has the Holy Spirit or the gift giver in their life. Right. Uh, he will manifest himself uh, in various different gifts through a person's life. So, so in, the, in a sense, you just touched on what Christina had just pointed out. Yeah, praise yes, God. Yes, yes, I see we've got some questions coming through. Maybe I can come back to those questions. All right, so Christina all right. and Suzanne, I see that uh, that you're listening in here and uh, and other listeners as well. And there's a question or two there. I, I, I hope that you'll stick with me because we'll come back around to your question very soon. But I also want to point out here, as the Apostle Paul does, that he says, having asked all those questions, he's then eagerly saying, now, hasten after eagerly pursue and desire the greater gifts. And then he says, and yet I will show you the, notice the, not a, but the most excellent way. Right. And then he starts to talk throughout chapter 13, the entire chapter about love. And he ends by saying the greatest of these is love. So if there is one gift greater than all other gifts, it is the gift of love. And what's interesting about this is that it's also a fruit of of the Spirit. Wonderful. Uh, and if there's one thing, or if there's something which more than a gift indicates the work of God in a person's life, it is the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and goodness and self-control. So, so these fruits of the Spirit are really a reflection of the character of Christ in our life. There's no greater way to see whether a person is of Jesus than to see Jesus on display in that person, to see his character on display through love, joy, peace, and so on. And and so it's interesting that the Apostle Paul is really pointing out here that, hey, you want to know whether uh, whether you're, you're, um, uh, the Spirit is at work in your life and the life of others? Well, you know what? Uh, you'll see that through the most excellent way, and that is the way of love, the love of Jesus Christ. And he describes what that looks like. We won't take time just now, but he describes what that looks like in chapter 13. In the very short time we have left to us, let me just very quickly point out, though, he comes back to talking about 
um, <clears throat> the gift of tongues in chapter 14. So he, he really he really desires and, and is passionate about helping his brothers and sisters understand how to best use this this gift, just as important as any other gift as such, um, but all in the in the pursuit of sharing the love of God and leading people to God, the God of love. Mm. Um, and, and so um, it's no more important than any other gift. It, it's not above any other gift. Um, but for some reason, the church at Corinth, it seemed like some of them thought it was. And, and so in chapter 14, he's pointing out here, well, follow the way of love, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially, that's interesting, he just talked about love, and now he says especially prophecy. So he's even putting that ahead of the gift of tongues. And then he says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. Um, and so, in other words, um, it's for the purpose of building up and strengthening people and the church and leading people to Christ. And so he says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. And so clearly there's an ecstatic sense of something inexpressible wanting to speak to God uh, but also the gift of tongues where we speak in a language that someone else can understand but at the same time uh, what he's saying here is that hey look I'd like everyone to sp- you to be able to speak in tongues but I'd much rather he says literally this in verse 5 I'd much rather have you prophesy the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so the church may be edified so if we if we do use the gift of tongues or at least the spirit utilizes it through us by his determination, not ours, uh, uh, then as much as you might like it and want it, he determines it. Mm-hmm. Um, even then, it needs to be interpreted. And so you need to have someone with the gift of interpretation at mm-hmm. work as well. Um, and so the rest of this chapter, he, he talks at great length, I don't have the time to share, but he talks at great length here about how, that, uh, how it can be used to edify and glorify God. But also, as has been made clear, uh, this is a gift that, just like any other gift, it has as its purpose, the purpose of the gift giver himself, which is mm. to lead us and to point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just quickly come to Christina. So Christina asked a question, how do you know what your spiritual gift is? Oh, I love that question, Christina. Thank you for asking that question. And also, can you have more than one? I love that desire there, that it's inherent in that question. That's right. um, how do you know what your gift is? Well, <clears throat> God will make it clear. Yes. Um, he will, uh, as we as we seek out the Lord Jesus Christ and how we might share him with others, there will be certain ways that we do so most effectively. Mm. Uh, and, and it will become clear over time how we are gifted by the Spirit as he moves through us. Make yourself available to God. Lean upon him uh, and let him go to work in your life. The other thing I'd just add to that is it will also tend to be affirmed by others within the body of Christ. They'll say, wow, okay, I can see the strength that, the God, is, that God has given to you in terms of the gifting. And then, can you have more than one? Yes, of course you can. Uh, God wants to use you in multiple ways to reach as many people as possible so that they too can enjoy eternal life with you, with the Lord Jesus Christ as well, of course, who leads us to, to heaven and to home. So, um, so uh, I, I hope that that's been really helpful for us today. And my hope is the same hope as the, as the Apostle Paul. I, I wish that all of you would have these various different gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit and that we all have the joy of leading people to the Lord Jesus Christ by the work of that one and the same Spirit, just through different gifts that can change the world. Amen and amen. I wish we had more time and my apologies. I know I interrupted quite a bit, but uh, praise God. We've learned quite a lot and uh, let us come to uh, uh, the close of our program. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, we, we are thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit 
In fact, what we have learned today, what we have comprehended today, it is because of the Holy Spirit at work. Lord, grant us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, mm. May he mm. come and dwell in us and lead us and guide us and do the work that needs to be done in each one mm. of us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.